Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. My name is Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence. We're talking about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to my sweet friend, Mari, and we're talking about something I like to call friendlationships. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the concept, that's totally fine. I can't remember if I made up that word, but there's a solid chance I did. But either way, it's this confusing middle ground in between being just friends with a guy and dating him. It's when you have feelings for your best guy friend and don't know if he has feelings for you back, or when you are have kind of this, um, I sort of like you, you sort of like me dance going on with someone, but the relationship isn't actually progressing. It's this really tough middle ground when we have feelings for someone and don't know if they feel the same way. It's really hard to know what to do or how to move forward. And that's why we're talking about this today. Unfortunately, I know way more than I wish I did about this subject because I've absolutely been there. And so today I'm sharing some of the things I've learned along the way, and I'm hoping that they're as helpful for you as I know they would have been for me along the way too. But before we jump in, there's something I want to make absolutely sure you guys know about because it totally connects to what we're talking about in today's episode. A while back, a girlfriend of mine asked me, she said, Stephanie, you've been married for about three years now, but if you could go back and give your single self some advice, what would you tell her? I instantly knew what I'd say, and so I ended up writing four letters to my single self at moments when I knew I would have needed them the most. I wrote them in the moment when I was going through the worst breakup of my life, when I was feeling totally unseen and unlovable and invisible to guys, when I had feelings for my best guy friend and had no idea if he felt the same, and when I was just wishing my single life would end so my real life could start, or at least that's how it felt. If you could use some encouragement and cheering on in your single life right now, I would love to share them with you. You can find them in one of two ways. You can either go find me on Instagram. I'm at S May Wilson, M-A-Y at S May Wilson. And you can click the link in my profile and they'll be right there for you. Or you can go to bit.ly slash single life letters. I hope that they are as encouraging and good for your heart as I know they would have been for mine. Now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Mari. All right, guys, I'm pumped for what we have going on today. Um, I'm so excited about this topic, and I'm so excited about who I have here with me. <laughs> um, I have my friend Mari here, and if you guys haven't gotten to meet Mari yet, I um, am so excited to introduce you because you're going to love her. Um, Mari, before we talk about who you are to me and how we know each other, can you just give us like a snapshot, um, a snapshot introduction? Who okay. are you? Of who I am. Yeah. So I am a writer and a blogger. I write at maricoclark.com. Yeah, um, I have... A husband named Drew and a little girl named Ada who is just like the funniest little ham that you'll ever see. You may have seen her on Steph's social media. She just makes us both laugh, so we're always just kind of secretly filming her and making her perform for us. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) But so I have little Ada, um, and I have another one on the way. I live in Nashville, same as Steph, and we actually met. I moved here about a year and a half ago. Um, and I met Steph like pretty soon after I had moved, actually. Do you want me to tell the story about how we met? Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Steph and I like to tell this story. So when I was moving to Nashville, everyone was sending me all these messages like, here's who you have to meet in Nashville. Like, I know someone there too, because everyone knows someone who lives in Nashville. So my friend Anne emailed me and copied Steph, which made just like, you know, like made my heart race. And people do that when they like make an introduction, but put the other person on it. So... Because then you're stuck. Email. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I have to respond right away. Yep. So I get this email from Anne introducing me to her friend, Steph, who she knows through blogging. You guys would love each other. You're both writers. You live in Nashville. You should totally meet up and get coffee. 
mm-hmm. end of email. And I'm like, oh, God, like if stuff is copied on here, too. I have to respond. And I have to say, I'm just like not a like just meet up and get coffee kind of person. I just I'm uncomfortable with that sort of thing. I feel awkward in like new social situations. And so typically I just like kind of like just don't do it. Just no thanks. I'll be fine without that. But I had made this decision when I moved to Nashville that I was just going to start saying yes to things. And of course, I made that decision like four hours before Anne emailed me. So I like yep. get my first opportunity to say yes. I'm like, oh, why did I say that? Now I have to do it. So I'm like, all right. So I, you know, I say I'll go to coffee with this girl's dad. And <laughs> I like went in with the worst attitude. I'm like, this is going to be so awkward. I'm going to hate this. I have to come up with an excuse to leave early. And so I walk in and it was just like the best time. Like, We say, we joke that, like, our first date was a great date. But, like, it was. Like, at one point, we, like, looked up and we, like, we were talking and chatting and, like, had so much in common. And then we realized, we're like, oh, it's, like, pretty, like, people are probably looking for us. It's been hours and hours. It's been hours. It was seriously, like, the best first date ever. Yeah, it was And it was so good. And, like, the reason I like telling that story is because I think that all of us, you know, one thing we talk about a lot around here is friendship. Mm -hmm. And um, I think all of us want more friends in our lives. I think all of us do. I heard a stat yesterday that 75% of women wish they had either more friends or deeper friendships. And Mm -hmm. I think 75 is low. Like, I think it's more like 99.999%. Yeah. Um, And so I think that I know for me saying yes and doing the thing and going to the coffee, even though I was nervous, because I get so nervous too. Mm -hmm. I like, I, I dread coffee dates, but then afterwards I feel so filled up and so like happy that I did it. But it's totally one of those things like going to the gym where you have to like make yourself do it. Mm-hmm. But it's been, that's been so huge in my life, meeting new friends here in Nashville and just new friends in general. And like, you're such a treasure to me that I'm so uh-huh. happy I said yes that day. And, and so I like telling that story just as an encouragement that sometimes like sometimes the coffee dates are awkward, mm-hmm. but for, for the ones that are like that, every once in a while you meet someone who's just awesome and they become like one of your people. And so mm-hmm. we like telling that story just as an encouragement, like if someone asks you to coffee, say yes. Just say yes. Yes. Or ask someone a coffee and it might be awkward and maybe it is a little awkward, but it can still be great. Or maybe it's awkward and, and you do it again with someone else. Yeah. The next one might be great. Just yeah, and the next one might be great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we loved talking about that. We both were like, oh, <laughs> not small this talk. Again. Let's not do this. And I were like, oh my gosh, thank goodness that we said yes to each other. I know. We need to like send Anne flowers or something. I Maybe know. We Anne, really do. If you're listening. Yeah, Anne, this go is there, you. Anne. We're, we're nice cheersing work. our coffee to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so guys, I'm so happy to have Mari here today because um, y'all know I've been, you know, talking about this a little bit that my heart for this space is that it feels like a girl's night at your best friend's house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're wearing yoga pants, so much the better. Uh, I wish all of us were eating pizza as we were recording oh, this too. and listening to this. Right now we're drinking coffee because it's in the morning and I'm not opposed to morning pizza. I could eat some, you have some? I could eat. I, could I go for don't some have pizza. pizza. <laughs> I know. I, next time. I'm pregnant. Caveat. Whatever. I did it when I wasn't pregnant. I'm not pregnant and I would do that anyway. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, you have an excuse. I have none. But I'm not opposed to morning pizza. But um, I love that we're here. We're here recording this in real life, which mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily get to be the case for all the episodes in this season because um, not everyone lives here. But mm-hmm. you do. And we're like real life friends. And we didn't have a girls night last night, but we had a whole family night mm-hmm. because Mari and Drew and Ada were over for dinner last night. So, I mean, it's so I love that this space is this space is meant for for this and mm-hmm. we're doing it for real right now. Um, and so I'm really happy to have Mari here and, um, we're actually going to do something a little bit different from what the rest of the season is going to look like. And Mm -hmm. we're kind of swapping seats. 
I'm taking over. She's taking over. She has kicked me out of the host chair, and now um, this now, is my podcast. Yes, now she has. Yeah, she has completely taken over the podcast. So, um, really though, um, what we're talking about today is something that I kind of unfortunately know a lot about because I've walked through it several times in my life. Um, and so Mari actually is is um, so it's something I've been through, and it's also something we get questions about all the time. Mm-hmm. And so Mari is actually kind of stepping into. The host seat, but also stepping into y'all's shoes. And we have compiled um, a lot of questions that we've gotten over like the years about this topic. And Mari's going to be asking them to me so that I can share what I've learned along the way. Um, so, um, Mari, do you want to just go ahead and read um, the question that's kind of deriving our conversation today? Yeah. So, we have sort of a main question that was so good and poignant. And we were like, oh, we got to get to this one. So, I'll just read, I'll just read it out loud. Okay. Hi, Stephanie. There's this guy that I'm head over heels for. I'm not sure how he feels about me, but there have been so many instances where I'm like, okay, there's no possible way that he doesn't feel the same way. He and I are in the same friend group and he really is one of my best guy friends. So I'm terrified that if I tell him how I feel and he doesn't feel the same way, things will be ruined and the dynamic in our friend group will be completely thrown off. But the situation is hard. My heart is on the line. There's so much uncertainty and I really don't know what to do, how long to wait for him to ask me out or how to move forward. Help. So, Steph, first question. (laughs) I know that this topic, unfortunately, really hits close to home for you. Um, Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Give us a little bit of peek into your history? Yeah. Totally. Um, So, I mean, I wish I had yoga pants on and I wish I had some pizza. I feel like (laughs) stories like this are easier to tell when you have pizza. Mm -hmm. Um, So... When I was in college, um, so when I was in college, I met a guy who was awesome, is awesome, totally an awesome guy. Um, And we met and hit it off instantly. We had so much in common. We were super similar. We had really similar senses of humor. Like we totally made each other laugh all the time. We had so much fun together. Um, But we also were able to talk about like really deep things in our lives. Um, We instantly just had the kind of connection where we could talk about just anything. Like we talked about our past and what we've been through and what we're currently walking through. And we talked through, you know, we were at really similar places in our faith. And so we got to talk about God all the time and really just like push each other towards him. It was so cool. Um, and we, we really just hit it off in like every single way. Um, and instantly there was like 0.0001 seconds that passed in between me meeting him and deciding and being certain that I liked him. Um, <laughs> well, he sounds great. So. Yeah, he was great. And yeah. so I, I totally liked him instantly. Um, and over the next, um, so, I mean, over the next several months, we, we kept hanging out and hanging out and hanging out and getting to know each other more and spending tons of time together and talking about everything about our lives and getting closer and stuff. And, um, and I, and I became more and more sure I liked him because I got to know him better and he was great. And, um, but the thing about it was that nothing happened. Like the next step in us dating never happened. And at first I was just kind of waiting, like, um, you know, we're getting to know each other. Like I thought maybe it would happen. Um, and it just kept not happening. And throughout the whole thing, I just was so certain. I mean, part of me, was like, maybe he doesn't like me like that, but also, I just had, I was so certain that he had to because we was really, giving you signs. totally, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and like we would, you know, we were always like pretty flirty with each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I just was so certain that he felt the same, same things that I did, but just nothing ever came of it. And it was a really long, it was a really long time um, that this was all going on. And it was awesome in the fact that I had this awesome best guy friend yeah. and we had so much fun together and, and we were, um, 
growing in, in who we were and in our relationships with God. And I mean, we grew so much over that season and, and together. And, um, but it was also a really brutal season for me because I just, I mean, I cried over it a lot and I prayed over it all the time. Like, God, let this happen. Like, why isn't this happening? Um, like, let him tell me he likes me. Like I just, and I waited forever. I mean, it really all told was like, probably I'd have to like go back and really think about it, but I think maybe like a year and a half. Okay. That's this a long time to be in limbo. It was a long yeah. time. And that's exactly what it felt like. It felt like limbo. And it mm-hmm. felt, I felt like a detective, like trying to figure out <laughs> like, what did this mean? Or what did this mean? Or, you know, and all of our friends were telling us how good we'd be together. And it mm-hmm. just was so confusing and so like wonderful on the one hand, because I had just these great feelings for someone who was awesome, but really brutal on the other hand, because I had no idea how he felt. And it took like, you know, my self-esteem was really like, w- w- like, why doesn't he like me? And yeah, I mean, it was just brutal. And so I wanted to share that because um, I know I'm not the only one who's felt that way. And, and oh, I yeah. I know so many of the – I hear I, – I mean, I get emails about it all the time. Um, I know so many of the women in our communities have have fallen for their guy friends. Like, mm-hmm. they, you know, they're friends, but they're also more, and they're just sitting in this limbo. And um, it's one of those seasons. It's one of those situations that I have such – a tenderness for because I know how it feels. And, um, I, I call it friendlationships. Mm-hmm. You're friends, but you're also kind of more friendlationships. So I, yeah, I totally have a, a special place in my heart for, for anyone who's sitting in that spot. Right oh, now. and I'm like, based on the feedback we get from these girls, like a lot of them are unfortunately kind of wavering in that limbo. And so for all the girls who are just nodding along, if they listen to your story, um, you know, college was a few years ago. You've hopefully gained some distance and perspective from that situation. Yeah. From what you've learned, like, can you sort of tell them, like, can you explain, like, what's going on here? Like, why this middle ground? Why the limbo? What is going on? What's the reason behind this all? Yeah. Is there a reason? Is there a reason? That's such a good question. Um, so I think that, um, I, I think that there are, like, one of, like, you know, of course, there's, like, one of a lot of things that could be going yeah. on. Um, and it could be any of these. But, but there's, but like, there's like categories. some categories. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've come up with, like, maybe five. Like, five things that I think could could be going on. I think most situations like this fall into one of them. So one is that he likes you. He, know he, he knows he likes you. And he's just waiting for the right time to ask you out. Mm-hmm. And that's usually what, like, that's what we're hoping for, you yeah. know? Um, the second one, I think, is he likes you. He knows he likes you. But he doesn't know if you like him. Um, so he doesn't want to like risk rejection by asking you out or he doesn't want to ruin your friendship. Like sort of exactly where this girl was. Exactly. So So he's in the exact same place as you possibly. Mm -hmm. Um, so then the third one is that he's not sure if he likes you in that way and he wants to get to know you a little bit better to see if you guys are a good fit before he like takes action on it. Um, the fourth one I think is that he might not have feelings for you that way. Um, like he might just see you as a friend, um, and not like you in that way. And, and I think if that's the case, he either one is totally oblivious to the fact that he's suggesting otherwise, yeah. or he might be aware that he's kind of flirting with you. And I, I want to like light this, you know, guy on fire right now as I'm, <laughs> as I'm about to say this, but also I know that we do this as girls too. Um, I know that attention feels good. Yeah. It's um, like an ego stroke. Yeah. It is. And so, so I think that if he doesn't like you, either he doesn't know he's flirting with you or maybe he does. And it, and it's, yeah, kind of an ego thing. Building him up. Yeah. Totally. Which is a really big bummer. Um, I also do know that we do that as girls too, though. Yeah. Um, and then I think the fifth one is that he likes you and he wants to ask you out, but he doesn't feel like he can for any number of reasons. Um, maybe he's getting over a breakup or he doesn't feel like mm-hmm. he's in a good place to date or, 
you know, maybe he's like decided he wasn't going to date for a while or maybe he's moving or, you know, I think that they never know what's going on. Yeah. You never know what's going on. So we've got our five categories. Yeah. Hopefully, as people are listening, they're sort of trying to sort themselves into one. Yeah. But how do you know which one it is? How do you pick it? And how long do you wait? Like, how long do you stay in that limbo before you move forward with your new information? Yeah. Um, so I think that, like, the our, you know, our hope is that we wait a little while, we keep getting to know them, and then at some point they take action. Mm-hmm. And I think that we hope this for a couple of reasons. Like, one, um, I know that as women, we want to be pursued. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that, um, like scripture talks about that a little bit about the, the man being the head of the household. And, um, and so we, we want to be pursued as women. We don't want to be the one like chasing after the guy. Cause we want them to know they like us and do something about mm-hmm. it. Um, and to an extent, this is like a whole, it could be a whole nother podcast yeah. uh, and probably should be. Um, but I think that to an extent, that's really good. I think that when we, um, I think that when we take over, like, I think we as women, our tendency can sometimes like kind of our broken tendency, tendency is to be kind of dominating. Like, you know, like, oh my gosh, if, if you want something done, do it yourself. <laughs> or if you want something done right, do it yourself. Cause we can. Cause we can. We, we're really good at things. We're really, you know, um, capable and, and, um, yeah, we're really capable. And so I think that that's kind of our tendency is to take over. Um, and I think that sometimes guys tendency is to be passive, you know? And so, um, but, but really, I think when we're at our best, guys are feel um, strengthened in, like, their leadership. You know, they feel, like, trusted and empowered. And, and we don't have to take over everything because we know that we have a partner. I think that that's kind of how a cool that's partnership. That's ideal. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so I think that that's what we're hoping for um, in that, though. Um, I think we, as women, do have more cards to play than we think. Like, I don't think it's as simple as us just being passive and doing nothing. Um, and actually that's something we talk a lot about in my course, make the most of your single life, which we can talk about later. But so okay, that's something yeah. we really talk about is how to play our part as mm-hmm. women. Um, but I think that that's why we were waiting is because we're really hoping that the guy's going to wise up and ask us out and do yep. something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, you know, it's one of the first two or whatever, <laughs> if, if he does that, yeah. if he asks you out, um, but how I know, long do you wait if it's not one of the first two? Yeah. So I think that, I mean, that's a question I really ask because, I mean, obviously I waited for like a year and a half. Do you do you recommend a year and a half? Sure don't. <laughs> no, I sure don't. <laughs> um, I think that if I had to put a number on it, I would say about four months. Okay. Um, why four, Why so specifically? Well, not three, not, not five. Three. Um, so, I mean, maybe it is a little bit random, but I think, um, and it depends on how much you've hung out in that time. So if you've met someone once mm-hmm. and you don't see them for four months, you know, then that's give not quite the same. Give, give it, it some more time. time. Yeah. Sure. Um, but I think if you're seeing someone on a regular basis um, and you're spending time with them and talking to them and getting to know them, I think four months is like kind of about how long it takes to get to know someone. Yeah, anyone. And, yeah. Yeah, anyone. And so um, I think that by about four months, they should know, like, in or out. Mm-hmm. You know, I like you, and I want to take this a step further, or I'm out. Um, like, if you're being honest and vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Within four months, that's plenty of time to reveal who you are. Yeah, and and it's not that they know everything about you, yeah. but they know enough to decide, I want to take a next step. And and the thing about this is, like, they don't have to decide that they want to marry you after four mm-hmm. months. Like, that's quick, you that's know, but, but, like, they can decide, you know, I actually, I want to take you out on a date. I want to see where this goes. I want to, I want to take you out on a date and then maybe another one. And if that goes well, maybe another one, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that four months is about the time it takes to do that. And, um, I, um, because I, I think in four months you've shown all the cards you have to play. Like you've mm-hmm. really shown them, shown them the best you have. 
and they can make a decision from there. This is what I'm working with. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually, there was a guy that I liked for a while and we, um, yeah, liked each other. And Same guy? Different guy. Different guy. Um, different guy. We liked each other and we're kind of a thing, you know, and trying to kind of decide if we we're going to date. I really thought we were going to. And he, we were in a really concentrated situation together. So we didn't know each other for four months, but we were together all the time. Um, and so I feel like that's really speeds it up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so we were hanging out all the time and we were in a, the kind of situation where like, I got to be my best. Like we, um, we were like, um, doing missions together. Actually, we were on a mission trip. Your sweet spot. Um, yeah. and so we, like, I was totally at my best, you know, like, and he was getting to see really who I am and on a really daily basis and stuff. Well, I remember we were talking about dating and he ended up telling me that he was 90% sure he wanted to date me. Ugh, Not a hundred. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Great. That's awesome. Um, And so I think my first reaction was like, okay, how do I get that extra 10%? How do I like earn it? But then mm-hmm. I had to sit back mm-hmm. and realize I have nothing. There are no cards I've been reserving, you know, like, I don't know what else I can show you. Like, obviously we get to know people better as we, the longer we know them, but I didn't have some sort of extra 10% I'd been reserving that I could Oh, this like, is what you're waiting for? Got it, right? Yeah. Now. Oh, and I'm also really good at juggling. It doesn't matter <laughs> this over the edge, you know? Um, I just, and I kind of, I was frustrated and I felt like, mm-hmm. you know, my hands were just kind of empty. Like, I literally have shown you the best I have and you're not 100% sure about me. I've shown you 100% of me. You're only 90% sure. Like, yeah. That math doesn't really add up. But. No, it doesn't. And so Buddy. I think that... Um, I think that about four months is, is kind of how long it takes to show someone as much as they should know, need mm-hmm. to know before they take action. And after that, if they still haven't taken action, like I think it's, then I think it's time to, to make a different decision. Because if you don't, if you don't, you could be waiting a year and a half. And I think that that just stinks. Because that's not fair to these girls that no. are in that limbo. No, it's not. And it really, um, it's not fair for a couple of reasons. And one is because when you're in this kind of friend relationship situation, I know like when I was, you basically are friends with benefits, like mm. emotionally, mm-hmm. um, because you are their person. You like, you know, comfort them on a day when they're having a hard day. You know, you like um, talk through problems with them. You're there for them. You probably like do nice things for them. You um, like share the best parts of your heart with this person. Um, you really are are giving them like the best of what you have, but without any of the safety or security or yeah. commitment or anything. And so you could be in this kind of friendship with someone and basically be dating, but just without the, without the commitment and without the like, I don't know, I feel like some of the f- fun parts are like the parts you're missing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can basically be in a relationship with this person. They could go get another girlfriend and yeah. you would have no grounds to stand on to be mad about it oh, like yeah like I feel like you would have to like grin and and go cry on your own or at least yeah. that's what I, I did you know when it's like um this person who I thought was my person just got a new person to be their person mm-hmm. um and so you basically are giving all of the like you're connected in all of the ways except the ones that like I don't know that that give you some security in it and I think that's unfair and also the other thing is that um when I think about relationships, I, I kind of picture like an Olympic po- platform. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you have the first and second oh, yeah. and third yeah. Yeah, podium. Yeah. Um, and I guess this is like such a weird analogy because I don't really use second place or third place. But <laughs> there's like only one spot. There's only one top spot in mm-hmm. our lives for mm-hmm. a guy. There's just only one. And um, and I think that when we have a best guy friend, a person who is like our person, we hang out with them all the time, we confide in them, like – 
um, and we really like them and they're fulfilling almost all the roles of a boyfriend, there's no room for a new boyfriend. There's just not. Because one, you might not even, if you have this person in your life, you might not date at all. Because going on a date with someone you don't know who's random, who doesn't have the same rapport, um, that you don't have feelings for because you have feelings for someone else, like you're not even going to go on that date, you know, generally. And even if you do, that poor guy does not stand a chance. Like, the, your best guy friend knows you so well and you're already past the awkward parts and you already have fun together and you already have strong feelings for him. And so just nobody else has a chance. And so like one, you're, you're committed or you're like giving all of your heart away without any of the commitment or without getting it back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, you're preventing yourself from being in any other new relationship by holding this spot for this guy. And so mm-hmm. you just can't, you just can't hold that spot forever. You can't stay in that limbo forever. So the fairest thing, the ideal thing would be for this guy to come forward, tell you how he feels, he likes you too, you move forward with that. Yeah. He doesn't do that. Say we're one of those unfortunate girls in the category where he hasn't done that, you've been waiting your four months, time's up, what do we do? What's the next step? And I am that unfortunate girl in the category. <laughs> it's totally me. So if you're there too, um, we're there together. You got to make a decision. What's next? Yeah, I had to make a decision. Um, and so I think that we have a couple options. Um, I think that, so the biggest hesitation is I don't want to ruin the friendship, right? Like yeah. that's, that's what people say. Like, I don't want to ruin the friendship. So I don't want to say anything because it'll ruin it. But I have, my college pastor walked me through this whole thing. Um, and I remember him saying, Stephanie, you're not just friends anymore. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, of course we're friends. It's already different. It's already different. He might just not know it yet. And Mm -hmm. it turned like he did. He did know it. Um, But but you're not just friends anymore. And so you have like, if the friendship really is the most important thing to you, then you need to really work at getting back to a place where you're just friends. Um, And that's really hard. Um, So, I mean, that means like, so yeah, if the friendship is the most important thing to you, I think like you have to just be friends with this person. And that means not sharing the deepest, most int- intimate parts of your heart with him. Mm. It means not spending one-on-one time together. Yeah. Um, like says the girl who's a professional at it, but I'm telling you every, like every, <laughs> every time we would spend just like one-on-one time together, you know, like talking until late at night or whatever, like it would connect us more. Like, and that's not, I don't do that with other guy friends. That's like, when you're sort of moving into the friend relationships. Yeah. So, so you're t- saying like pull back, pull it back. That, pull it back to friend. Yeah. So like not spending a ton of one on t- one time together, not flirting, not mm-hmm. being physical with each other. And that's everything from like hooking up if that's what like, you know, if that's what you're like, if that's where this has gone to like hugging or holding hands or like poking each other when you're flirting or like, I mean, yeah. I don't know what you're um, but I mean, really pulling it back to the part where, to, to a point where you're actually just friends. And I think that this is, that's a really hard thing to do. But I think if, if your friendship is really the very most important thing and you don't want to do anything to potentially risk it, you, you don't want do to that. tell them how you feel, yeah. then this is your, this your is your other option. option is to completely pull it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that like, you really can't stay, like you're at a fork in the road and I don't know, like I'm trying to think of some sort of analogy I can't think of one but you're at a fork in the road and you can't stay where you are like you have to you have to move into either being friends or talking about it yeah um because yeah if you stay where you are you're never you could stay there forever you really could stay there forever and I mean I sort of I feel like I did so your other option is to talk to him about it and um if you if thinking about this makes you want to throw up (laughs) you are not the only one um but I think that that's really your other option is to talk to him about it and um, so I, 
I, I like this option because I think that one, I don't think that this necessarily, especially if you've given it time, I don't think that this necessarily takes like the pursuit role out of his hands. Um, because one, he's not doing it. And so you mm-hmm. need, I think it's, I think it's a good thing to find out where you stand. Um, two, just because you initiate the conversation doesn't mean that he doesn't have a chance. Like pursuit is a long game. You know, it's not just about who says I like you first. So, I, so you haven't like ruined that, um, by, by bringing the conversation up. The other thing is, um, I know that a lot of guys don't know how to pursue girls. Like they just don't. And yeah. so, and I think that like, or they don't know it's what we want. Yeah. Like, or yeah, they have yeah. no idea we like them or, but I mean, really, even if he, if he does know he likes you, um, I think that, it, it, you know, we wish that guys were perfect at pursuing women, but we, we aren't perfect at a lot of things. And so I think that there is a little bit of like, there's gotta be grace for someone who doesn't know all the right things to do to pursue a woman. And so I think that there are times when we can, um, when we can like help, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that I'm, I'm, yeah. So I think that we can talk to them about it. And the other thing is, um, my dad growing up was like my favorite relationship counselor. Um, and I don't know how much he loved it, but, uh, I did. <laughs> so whenever I was going through something hard in a relationship, I would talk to my dad about it and we'd go sit out on our front porch in these like wicker chairs that my family still has. And we'd sit out there and I'd tell him like what was going on. And a lot of times it would be this scenario where it was like, you know, either we'd broken up, I'd broken up with someone and I wasn't sure if they still liked me because I still liked them or whatever. I mean, there were a lot of moments where I had the chance to kind of put myself out on the line or do the safe thing. Mm-hmm. And my dad always encouraged me to do, to put myself out on the line because I think that sometimes we think it's better to still have all of our cards mm-hmm. and to like have our pride. But I think that he taught me that like walking away alone with your pride is like really not better. That, that there's a lot of there's a lot to be proud of in um, being bold and being brave and like kind of putting it out all, all out on the line like for you'll love. Never wonder. You'll yes. never wonder. Yeah. And I think I always decided that I was a bigger, bigger fan of that. That like one, there's strength in being bold. Like that's mm-hmm. not that's not um, weak. You know, it's not weak to be bold. It's strong to be bold. And yeah. so like taking that leap, I think, is not something like is not something to be ashamed of. And and really, I think I decided at so many places along the line in my relationships, um, that I would rather know I did everything I could than have any lingering what ifs. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's kind of our other option is, is talking to him about it, bringing it up. And really, um, like that's, you know, that's what I ended up doing in this scenario. Um, and I'm really, I'm really glad that I did. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. 
I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. So before, I know you have some tips on how to tell them how to tell the guy. You decide to make that move. You decide you're going to tell him. I can feel my heart pounding along with these girls, like, <laughs> considering that, like, great, I have to listen to Steph's dad and be bold. Great. Yep. I think the one last um, maybe argument that could be popping up in these girls' heads, you know, sort of, like, keeping them from taking that bold move is, like, but what about the friends? Like, that's fine if I, like, you know, destroy my relationship, but, like, is it selfish to, like, ruin the dynamic of our friend group? Is it, like, what about all the other people it's going to affect? What about that? 
I think that... Um, Want to be awkward? I mean, it, yeah. and honestly, it might be a little bit, but I think that if you were... One, like, if this guy's really as great as you think he is, which if you like him, like, chances are he's he is a really great guy, he's going to be nice about about you telling... Even if he doesn't have feelings for you, like, he's going to be really nice about it. Um, because if he's really a good friend, if he's really a good friend and you tell him you like him, he's not going to make fun of you or mm-hmm. tell everybody and mock you for crying or, you know, I mean, all the things that we fear, if he's really a good guy and if he's really a good friend, he won't do any of those things. He will really sweetly tell you how he feels. And even worst case scenario, he'll, t- he'll tell you that he doesn't feel that way about you, but that he really cares about you as a friend. And he will be invested in wanting to ma- like get through kind of the awkward patch um, back to a place where you can be friends. And I really think you can be friends after that. Um, I think that like, once you kind of clear the air, you actually can get to a place where like, great. Now I know he doesn't have this feel- these feelings for me. Now we can actually be friends. Then you can sort of move forward yeah, with that knowledge. Totally. And so I think if he, if he is a good guy at all and a good friend at all, then he will respond in a way that's really kind and he will work with you to get to a place where you can be friends. Um, if he does anything else, then he's not the friend or the guy you thought he was. Mm-hmm. And I think same with your friend group. Like, your friends can totally, like, you're not breaking up. You're not, like, lighting them on fire. You know, you yeah. you guys are just, you're just acknowledging something between you. And that doesn't, it really shouldn't shake up your, you're not asking them to, like, pick sides or anything. Mm-hmm. It really shouldn't shake up your friend group too much. Um, and I think, like, maybe it's a little bit embarrassing for people to know that you've had feelings for him. But, like, those people have had feelings for people also, you know? They probably already know. That's like, so true. They probably... If they're your good friends or his good friends, like, if you're flirting the way that it's has to to reach a friend relationship, like, Everyone people are knows. probably pretty aware. Yeah, and I know that, or like... suspecting. Yeah, and I know that for my friends, like, it was almost easier... It was almost easier for us to finally have the conversation because then we could all stop having side conversations about it. Well, yeah, because everyone lives in that limbo with you to some extent yeah. when you're there. Yes, so I think that it's it's um, like maybe just offer some resolution to everybody. Yeah. But hey it, guys, I'll take care of this. Seriously. So I think that like mm-hmm. our worry is that he's going to laugh at us and tell all of our friends like they, like she likes me mm-hmm. and she cried when she told me. And yeah, like and all of our friends are like, haha, like, what a you loser. know, what a loser. Yeah. She liked him <laughs> or whatever. I think that like if your friends are the friends that you think they are, that is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, and even if it is a little bit awkward for a minute, because it, it might be. Um, one, I think you have to walk through the awkwardness to get to the other side to where everyone can just be friends. Yeah. And every friend group has moments of awkwardness. Yep. So that's what makes you stronger. Yeah. We, in in, in yeah. great relationships, yeah. tension or, um, like conflict, it brings you closer. Yep. Like you, you're not good friends with someone you've never had conflict with. Like if you, and I feel like everyone's experienced this at one time or another, mm-hmm. when you have to have a hard conversation with someone, um, sometimes it breaks things. Sometimes it does. Usually you get through it and on the other side, you're actually closer. Yeah. And so I think this actually, I really don't think this is going to ruin your friend group. Okay. So now you have no excuse. (laughs) (laughs) You have to listen to Steph's dad. You have to tell him you decided to make that decision. You decide that's what's best for you in your situation. You're moving forward. You're going to tell him how you feel. Steph, we need your wisdom on this. (laughs) How do you do it? Well, I think that if you feel like you want to throw up thinking about this, that's very normal. That's, yeah. That's very normal. Do that and then come back yeah, and keep listening. Because uh, Steph has some out. tips. Um, so I think that one thing to keep in mind is that it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Um, that I think that especially, like, again, if this guy is worth what you think he is, like, he's going to be really gentle with you and really kind. 
Um, and so it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to wait until you're not afraid or mm-hmm. until you have the perfect words. Because then you'll or, never do it. You'll never yeah. do it. Um, and so I think it doesn't have to be perfect. And I think if you if it helps, because this helps me sometimes, like to flip it and think about it the opposite way. If someone came to you, even someone you didn't have feelings for, but a good friend, um, how would you react to them? Like you wouldn't expect them to have the perfect words. If they kind of fumbled through it and said, you know, this is how I feel – you'd be really nice to them about it. You'd be really gentle and, and you wouldn't need them to have the perfect words. And, yeah. and he doesn't either. It's not expected. No. It's, it would be weirder if you did, I think. Yeah. But I think that a, a couple of things t- that can help this. Um, one, you can definitely write it out and like practice first. Mm. And I think, I mean, that's a tip for all hard conversations. Oh yeah. Like, I totally agree. Yeah. Cause you, you really like know what you want to say, you know? Um, another thing is don't do this over text mm-hmm. because text is the Amen. worst for like, you know, miscommunications or what was his tone really? Like you need, if you're going to do this, oh my gosh, if you're going to do this, you need to do it right. You need to do it once. And so you don't want any. Oh my gosh. You don't want to have to revisit it. No. No. You want to have all the answers you need when you walk Mm -hmm. away. Um, And so I think that that's the other thing is say when you're going to do this, do it in person and be prepared to say actually the truth. Because if you kind the of say, truth. I, I a little like you a little, like you want to walk away knowing you actually did everything you could. You mm. put it all on the line and, and you were so brave to do that and you have no regrets. And and it's not, the worst thing to do would be to go through all of this and then walk away and say, well, I wonder what would have happened if I just told him this. Mm-hmm. So think yeah. about all those things and be prepared to say those things when you have Yeah, we've all been in that situation where it feels a little bit gentler on your heart or maybe you think it would make it easier on the person if you kind of, oh, I'll just like play it cool. Like, oh, I kind of think maybe this. But yeah, what you're saying is so accurate that like, yeah, that may be great in the moment, but like, oh, do you really want to risk like having to come back and be like, well, actually what I meant is yeah. let's rehash this awkwardness again no. because it wasn't clear the first time. I actually like you. Yeah. Like just Scary do as it is, once, just do it. Yeah. Do it once. Rip off the bandaid. Um, do it in person. I think that was a really good tip. Yeah. Because I mean, I know that I like most of my conversations, I have them you know, day to day through text. Right. Like, that's just kind of normal, I think, for our people living in the world. But <laughs> right. But I think important like this. No, totally. I completely agree. I think that um I, I yes, be prepared to say exactly what you need to say, the whole truth, mm-hmm. everything that you need to say to make yourself really clear, um, so that you don't walk away and say, What if I had told him this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, do it in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you you are going to want to throw up. I totally get that. You're gonna be shaky, you might cry like I did. I was shaking like a leaf. I mean, I was like I, I mean, I was just I had butterflies everywhere. Um but I think that yeah, be prepared to do it once because if you do it once and you do it right, then you don't have to do this again and you can mm-hmm. actually move forward. Whether that's move forward in a good way where he's like actually, you know, I've really liked you too and and I've been wanting to tell you but I haven't known how and you guys can really talk about it mm-hmm. or even if I mean worst case scenario he says, "You know what? I really care about you, but I just don't see you that way." Um regardless of of what it is, then you can actually move to the other side of it and you can either move forward in this relationship, which is really exciting. Or you can move forward in this friendship in a real, like actually actual friendship way. And if that happens, like your heart definitely will hurt for a little while. Um, but you can actually get to a place where you can move on and start dating someone who actually does feel this way about you. Mm -hmm. And that person is out there. I totally believe it. Um, the other thing I would say is have some girlfriends on like on call, um, that you can maybe go over to their house after, or that you can call them afterwards. Um, I think that that's just really helpful. Um, 
The last thing I would say on this, though, is make up your mind ahead of time to really believe what he Mm. tells you in return. Oh, yeah. Because I think that we as women are such believers and hopers and dreamers and lovers. Like, we just, I mean, I swear, especially in this season when I liked that friend, I felt like hope was my greatest gift and greatest curse. Mm. Like, I could hope for anything forever. And especially that. Like, I could have hoped for a million years about it. And also that stunk. Like, I just wished I could have give up, given up hope and forgotten about it and just, like, not cared about it anymore. Um, so hope is, like, sort of our greatest gift as women and also mm. our greatest downfall when it comes to relationships like this. And in tough, tough conversations. Yes. Just, yeah. And so I think that um, I think that making up our mind ahead of time that we're really going to believe what they tell us mm-hmm. is important. Because if they are going to tell us that there isn't hope, that they don't feel this way about us, holding on to hope after that, like, I don't – like that, that needs to be the moment where we say, okay, like, I'm actually going to let this go. I believe you. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see me that way. And that's crushing. And I so don't want that to be the case, but I'm going to accept it because until we accept it, we like, we need to accept it in order to be able to move forward. Yeah. And until we accept that we can't move forward into a relationship where the guy is head over heels for you the same way you are for him. And so I think that that's really, really important is whatever he says, don't read into it. Don't look for extra clues. Don't assume that he's saying one thing but means another. Like, whatever he says, you are you are being very honest in this moment. And I think you're asking him to be the same. And whatever he says, like, we need to take it as fact and, and move forward accordingly. And that's mm-hmm. – it's really hard. Oh, really hard, but so important. I completely agree. Um, So I think that something that, like, oh, I feel springing up. I know it will come up in me, and I feel like I hear it from my single friends all the time. Why doesn't he like me? Like, at the end of all of this, if he does reject you, like, why? Why doesn't he like me? Why does this always happen to me? Why does it seem like I'm never going to find the person? Isn't anyone ever going to like me? Like, these questions that we hear that just break our hearts from our friends who are so amazing and Mm -hmm. so wonderful – yeah. Um, I can feel, I feel like these girls are asking this of us. We get this in our emails. Totally. I feel like this always happens. This other person never has feelings back for me. Am I not good enough? Is totally. this something to do with me? These girls are asking us, how would you respond? I mean, I've totally felt that way a thousand times. Yeah. Like a thousand times. It's so tough not to make it personal. It's Yeah, it's so tough not to make it personal. And, and so I think that if you're feeling that way, know that you're not alone. Like you're mm. so not alone. I've felt that way more times than I can even explain to you. Like, why doesn't he like me? Like, what is wrong with me? Like, you know, reaching into my back pocket for that extra 10%. If I would have shown him this, maybe he would have liked me. Wait a minute. I already showed him everything I have and he still rejected me. Like, that is the worst. And that's why relationships are so hard because they really are, when we're rejected, we're not rejected for like a poor performance, you know, review or something like that at work. It's, it's, this is my heart and my soul and the depth of me. And you've said it's not enough. And it's just crushing. Mm-hmm. I think on the flip side of that, and it's important to like, remember this is for as crushing as this can be. That's also why relationships and, and love and marriage are so beautiful because that's the total acceptance of who you are. And so I think that with anything, um, anything like wonderful, sort of the lack of that or the loss of that is also really brutal, mm-hmm. but, but I don't know. I think for, for how brutal it can be, it's also, that's how wonderful it is when it, when it happens. And so just to remember that, that like, um, for every time that, that there's a person who's like, you know, I've seen the depth of you and it's not what I'm looking for. When there is a person who says, I've seen the depth of you and it is what I'm looking for. Like that's the inverse of how awful it is. That's how great it is times a thousand. Um, and 
I think the thing I mostly want to say is just because this guy doesn't see, doesn't feel that way. doesn't mean that's not the truth about your life forever. Like that's not how it's always going to be with everybody. This is one situation. And, and even if it's the second or the third time it's happened, it's still not a final judgment on you. That's it's not who you are. No, it's not. And, um, it's yeah, just because this has happened before. I mean, it happens to everybody. I say this, um, in make the most of your single life um, in that course. And the girls always repeat it back to me, which is so fun. Um, and so good that only one relationship is supposed to work out. Like at the end of the day, all of them are supposed to fail. One is supposed to work out. It's like the worst batting average ever. And that's what <laughs> success looks like, yeah. you know? And so I think that, um, you know, for all, like, so I'm married and, and have the best husband ever. Leading up to that, every other guy told me, you're not the one for me. Or like, you know, every, I was either rejected or didn't have feelings for every single other man I've ever met other than Carl. And that's like just a terrible batting average, but that's how it's supposed to be. And so mm-hmm. if this has happened to you before, that does not mean this is always going to happen for you. It means you're normal. Yeah. Um, I feel like people say like, well, what are the chances? And it's like, well, actually the chances are like pretty much the same for everyone. Yeah. If there's only one. Like, Yeah. The oh. chances are exactly what they're supposed to be. And so, yeah. so just because this has happened before does not mean it's like the final judgment on your life at all. Um, and then the other thing about this is, um, so my friend Hannah, who you guys need to meet, and actually she's going to be a guest on the podcast later this season. Um, Hannah has this theory that I call the bagel theory. I don't call it, Hannah calls it the bagel theory. Um, so Hannah calls, yeah, this is Hannah's bagel theory. And actually I think she stole it from someone else anyway. Um, so her, she tells us a story and, um, in it, she talks about how she was in musical theater in high school and, um, she had these other friends who were also in musical theater and they were all really, really good at what they did. Um, and so they would all be auditioning for the same part. And, um, at the end of the day, any of them would be great for this part because they were all super, super talented. Um, but at the end of the day, only one of them would get the part. And I think it was her musical theater director who said, um, who talked about the bagel theory and said, each one of you guys is a different kind of bagel and you're all awesome kinds of bagels. But like one of you is a cinnamon bagel. One of you is a blueberry bagel. I almost said a pepperoni bagel, which would be awesome. Um, <laughs> There's gotta be one of like those bagel out bites. There. Um, we have pizza on the mind. We really do. Um, so, you know, one of you, yeah, one of you is a cinnamon bagel. One of you is a blueberry bagel. One of you is a sesame bagel, whatever. You're all awesome types of bagels, but you're all different. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the casting director is looking for this one specific kind of bagel. So it doesn't mean you guys mm-hmm. are bad bagels. It just means that you're not the exact perfect fit for what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And I think that really that's the thing when we're dating. It's like kind of musical chairs. We're, we're meeting different people. We're, we're getting to know each other. And really, we're all looking for one particular kind of bagel. And so when your friends are getting asked out on dates or when other relationships are working out or when he, the guy you like ends up dating someone else, it's not... It does not mean there's not one like um, rating system and you rate lower than her at all. That's not how it works. It just, we're all looking for different things. It's apples and oranges. Mm. Um, And we know that in relationships with guys too. I think when we, again, like when we flip it to see it the other way, um, we're able to like see it a little bit clearer. And so if a guy likes you, he could be the best guy ever, but sometimes we just do not have feelings back for that person. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they're bad at all. Like we think they're genuinely amazing humans and they are, and they meet someone else who's looking for exactly their brand of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even with like our girlfriends, you know, like, I feel like, you know, growing up and along the way, like I'd be sitting with a girlfriend and a guy would walk by and I would be like, my jaw would drop and she'd be like, I don't get it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And and that's really true on the opposite side too, that, that each guy is who he is and he's really unique and he's looking for something really unique and he's looking for the person who, who he fits with mm-hmm. just like we are. And so 
him not fitting with you or him not having feelings for you does not mean you're a terrible bagel. It means he's just looking for a different type. Yeah. And I think the heartbreak sort of sneaks in when it seems so close, like, you know, as close as a onion bagel is to an everything bagel that you're like, but everything seems so great. Like these friend relationships, like we line up in all these different ways. Like there's no way he's not looking for my kind of bagel. I know what kind of bagel he is. I'm the perfect match. And it's like, well, someday you'll find out exactly the kind of bagel that is your match. And you'll realize like, oh, I was really close. Yes. Really, really close. Yes. And that's why that guy seems so great. But, oh, I'm actually an everything bagel, not an onion bagel. Yes. Or he's actually an everything bagel, not an onion bagel. Yes. Okay, I love that. So there are so many, um, and I I would really talk about this, like kind of around this season when this was happening with this guy, um, I would always talk about how many almosts I've had. Mm. Just there were so many almosts where it was like, he was so good for me, it almost worked out, but it didn't. Or he was so good for me, but there was this one thing that was off. Or really, he was so good for me, I couldn't see the thing that was off and it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Um, Ultimately... Each one of the different guys I dated along the way taught me something really important about a lot of important things about myself, a lot of things about God. Like in this season, when I was just, you know, praying and crying and sweating over this friend relationship, like I spent more time with God than I can even explain to you, which is a really beautiful thing to come out of this. Yeah. But each guy I dated taught me something about what I was looking for in my husband. And so when Carl and I met, we knew pretty quickly that we were going to get married because we had both had a lot of almosts. And each one of those almost taught us, you know, oh, I really click with this kind of person or, Mm, you know what, this person didn't have this and I'm really looking for that. Or um, I feel like we were able to sort of sketch out an image of what we were really looking for because of our past experiences. I never would have known what I was looking for without them. And so all those almost really taught me what I was looking for at the end of the day. And like, I like what you said about, oh, oh, I guess I'm actually a different kind of bagel or, oh, you know what? I didn't think about this then. I really thought I was a sesame bagel person, but really blueberry is like my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that God does does really cool things in that where when we really do meet our person, like um, there are there are things about them that we never could have anticipated on our own. Like mm-hmm. God really is the God who gives us more than we could ever ask for or imagine. Mm-hmm. And that's totally true in relationships too. And And that's when I look at Carl and I look at all the guys who led up to him, first of all, the qualities that I really liked in these different guys, like I'm not missing anything in Carl because it's, it's all the things that I learned along the way of, I really like this, or this is really important to me Mm. or whatever. Those are all in Carl, which is so special. And that's how I knew so quickly, oh, there's something really special about this guy. But there are also all these other things that I never could have anticipated. And so like that guy in college, I really thought he was perfect for me, but once like getting to know Carl and, and our marriage and our relationship and stuff, there are things Carl had has that he didn't have and ways that Carl and I match up that he and I wouldn't have. Mm. I just totally couldn't see it at the time. And so that's where like, honestly, faith comes in is, mm. is knowing. Yeah. I think this looks perfect with my human eyes. This looks perfect, but God has way, a way bigger perspective than we do. And he has, and, and so he can see things that we can't. And so when things don't work out, like we really need to trust that that's actually for the best because Romans 8, 28 is the verse I hold on to all the time, but it says in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And so in this relationship not working out, it's not God being like, oh shoot, that was the right one. You missed it. Or so, mm. I mean, it's just, God has like in all things, he works for our good. And so even when we lose things that look like they're the best thing, God is so good in that. And he has plans and gifts for us that are better than we could ever ask for or imagine. Like 
a thousand and that's so hard to believe when you're in the middle of something that you or when you're in this friendship with someone that you see as like the ideal person yep it's just tough to take that to heart but like you know Steph's been through it and she's speaking from experience I've been through it I'm speaking from experience and not to say I feel like we should say just so it's being said if you are going through one of these like tough heartbreaky limbo-y relationships like that sucks and we're so sorry we're so sorry and we're here for you and our community is here for you yeah and I know that Steph's heart is not to ever make light of this type of thing but to really just like encourage you totally. and so if you're in that space hopefully what we've shared is encouraging helpful. yeah do you have anything you want to add before I I want to we have a little bit of time to do a few of like the podcasty questions yeah okay I'm excited about that um so I think the last thing I would just add is um and I Mariam God you said that I totally agree like the fact that there's hope in this and the fact that Mm -hmm. God's good in this does not it doesn't take away from the pain in the midst of it and it's not supposed to I think it's just when you're going through this especially if it didn't turn out the way you hoped it would like it's just brutal it's so hard and I feel like it's kind of like standing in the middle of a tunnel and just everything feels dark for a while. And you're just sort of shuffling your feet one in front of the other, just like hoping that you're heading towards something good. And so I think that my hope in that is saying is one, like you are so not alone in there. I've spent a lot of time in that tunnel Mm -hmm. and like you'll make it through. And I know it because I've made it through and and I know so many women who've made it through and you're going to make it through. Um, And I hope that like by saying that like God is so good and he has better, like if this isn't working out, it's because there's honestly something better. I hope that that's like, maybe you can't see it yet, but I'm standing at the end of the tunnel with a, like with a light, a flashlight or something saying, Hey, like, I promise this is coming. Just keep shuffling towards me. You'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, so, um, actually speaking of heartbreak and just kind of in the midst of it, our next episode is with my best friend, Michelle. You guys, if you've read the lipstick gospel, this is the Michelle. Like the Michelle. The Michelle. You get to hear from her. She's capital D, yeah, capital M. Totally. And so she's been my best friend since I was eight years old. And we've walked through, I can't even count how many breakups together. Um, and so we really talk about that and the things that helped us along the way. And so definitely check out the episode next week. Um, but um, one thing I shared with her, so you guys will get to hear it twice if, if you hear that. And, and she goes, why didn't you tell me this earlier? Um, but so in the midst of a, a breakup, it was actually kind of, it was a different one. Um, I was talking to my friend Christian, which I'm going to have to tell him to listen to two episodes now. Um, but I was talking to my friend Christian and telling him like, Christian, I think I just lost like the best thing I was ever going to have. Mm-hmm. Like I really just thought every, this guy checked all the boxes. I was doing my everything to keep this relationship afloat and it didn't work out. I feel like I literally lost the best thing I was ever going to have. The best bagel. The <laughs> best bagel. Yes. Um, and so he said something that I think his mom actually told him. And that is that the person you marry is the, you're going to marry the coolest person you've ever met. And I love that because I think that that's, that's exactly like God is so good. Like he doesn't give crappy gifts. It's just not in his character. Like he's not going to take away the best, most perfect fitting guy from you and say, Oh, here's kind of a, a consolation prize. Like, yeah. that's not who we – that's not the God we serve. Isn't there a scripture about that, that, like, what kind of, like, good father? Yes. When his child asks him for – Like, for like bread. Gives him a snake or yeah, something for, like that. Like, like, if, if his kid asks for bread, he'll give him a stone. Or yeah. if he asks for a fish, or, like, a fish, he'll give him a snake. Like, yeah. Like, and he – I think Jesus says – so it's, like, Jesus talking and he goes, like, if not even your parents, although they're totally imperfect and a mess, yeah. would do that to you? Like, what in the world makes you think your heavenly father would do that to you? Yeah. So what in the world makes us think that 
God would, would like allow a relationship to, to not work out if he didn't have something like, and have that be the best thing he had for us. You know, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. And so, and also why would we marry someone who was like a consolation prize to someone else? You know, it's just, don't like if that person, if the person you're dating is a consolation prize for the person you lost, do not marry them. Yeah. Like date someone else. Yes. Like keep, yeah, keep, keep going. <laughs> um, and so I just, I love that. And I really hold on to that for a long time that like the person you marry will be the coolest person you've ever mm. met. And it is a thousand percent true in my life. And I know it's true in your life too. Oh, totally. Good one, Christian's mom. Seriously. Sure, I know. I know we're going to really need to, we're going to need to send this to <laughs> Shout out to Christian's mom. Seriously. We got my mom, Christian, or my dad, <laughs> Christian's dad, mom. Yeah. yeah. We got a lot of Hannah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that that's like the last thing I would say is mm, I'm so that's sorry. Really good. Like if this isn't working out, I'm so sorry. It, and it might, we don't, we don't know yet, but worst case scenario, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way we find out is by having the conversation. Um, and you can do it. You totally you can do can hard do things. Yeah, yeah. We can do hard things. Um, and so, but if worst case scenario, it doesn't work out and, and he doesn't feel the same way. That's okay because there will absolutely be someone who does. And it's so worth holding out for. And the this is the coolest person you've ever met. So, yeah, that's what I would say. I love that. I think that's a really good place to sort of wrap up that conversation. And so I wanted to ask you a few questions. Um, I know you're asking these questions to your guests. And since I've hijacked this podcast and I'm the host now, I mean, (laughs) you're my guest. Welcome to Mari's podcast. (laughs) Welcome to Mari's podcast. Um, I have three questions. They're your three questions, but I'm going to flip them on you. So, one, I would love to know what God's teaching you right now. Okay. So I was thinking about this this morning. Um, God is really teaching me about prayer and how to pray for big things. Mm. And I think that in life, um, shoot, there's, he's teaching me two things. So, okay, I'll do them really quick. Um, so, I mean, he's teaching me a thousand things, but so one of the things is prayer. Um, and I've just kind of felt him like just speaking about this in a couple of different ways. Like I've had several friends really diving into like what it means to pray big prayers mm. and um, that have suggested that I like dive into it too. And I've, when you say big prayers, sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. I what mean, do you mean by that? I mean, like, I think that a lot of times I'm guilty of being like, Hey God, can you help me get through this day? Mm. And God's like, well, yeah, I can do that. Anything else, you know, <laughs> like a little bigger, anything right? bigger. Yeah. Um, and there are really big things that I want him to do in my life and through my life and in my friends and family's lives. And I just honestly don't pray for them very often. Like, I just don't know if I really act like I think prayer does anything Mm. a lot of times. You're like, well, really, what are the chances? Yeah. Yeah. Like what if he doesn't answer? Or I mean, God kind of knows my heart anyway, which he does, Mm -hmm. but also like scripture tells us to pray Mm -hmm. and to pray with faith. And so um, I've just been like pretty convicted lately that I need to really identify the things that I'm praying for and pray for them, not once, but a lot. Um, and I have two friends actually, um, who've been reading the circle maker, um, by Mark Batterson. I think that might be wrong if it is, I'm sorry, but it's called the circle maker. And the whole thing is just about praying really big prayers and praying consistently and just what God says about how to pray and how to pray big Mm -hmm. and boldly. Um, and so I just honestly started it yesterday, but this is something God's kind of been stirring. Like, I just want my life to be bigger than me. I want it to be a God-sized life. I want the things that I like am working on to not to be like Stephanie's size. I want to partner with God in them. Mm-hmm. And I want him to do really big and beautiful things in my friends' and family's lives. And so I just want to start acting and praying like I believe that God answers prayers in really big ways. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. Um, and I've been reading The Circle Maker as of yesterday. So I'll let you guys know how it is. Um, I've heard it's really great. So um, so check that out. But then the other thing that God's been teaching me and 
Um, I talked about this a little bit in the intro for the podcast, but just, I think God's really been encouraging me that it's okay to be a beginner. Mm. Um, and it's funny, I have a sticky note actually right near our microphone, um, that says (laughs) it's okay to be a beginner because, um, this podcast is a totally new venture for me and it's something I'm like still figuring out. And I, you know, I don't have experience in this, like I'm not like a professional. Um, but I just, I don't know where we got the idea that we needed to be perfect at something before God could use it. Mm. It's just like, that's not real. And so I think I've just been really trying to step out in faith to just say, you know what, God, this might be a little messy and that's okay. I'm going to obey. Yeah. I'm going to obey. Yeah. So I think that's what he's teaching me right now. Good answers. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I approve. What's something kind of random in your life that's bringing you joy right now? I love that. I think I know what you're saying. You totally do. Um, so Carl and I just moved into a new house um, a couple weeks ago. And um, one of the things that we really talked about in moving into this new house is that we wanted it to just be a place where people would gather. Um, and we just want to have our friends and our family here and we want to, you know, make dinner and we want to have lots of good memories here with our people. And we just want to use it as a home base for connection. Um, but I think that like, we have a lot of different ideas when it comes to having people over. And I feel like kind of the, the word, especially if you watch a lot of HGTV, which I do mm-hmm. is like entertain, you know, yes. like entertaining is this big, so like big kitchen for entertaining. Totally. Don't I know. Open I know. concept. I know. Um, <laughs> But I think we, like, make it this big thing in our heads. Like, it needs to be this giant production or, like, I don't know, really well-planned or something like that. And I yeah. think that we definitely had a lot of people over at our old house, but just not as much as I wanted to. And I think part of that is that I forgot that on a Tuesday night when we just need to eat food normally, other people need to eat food too. Mm-hmm. And if we just said, hey, want to come over and order pizza or something super simple, that eating pizza together is way more fun than doing it apart. Yeah. And so – I mean, we've been in the house for like two weeks and we just have been trying to be really a lot more, um, liberal with our invitations and a lot more casual about them. And so not come over. I have this like four course meal for you, but come over, like, let's just hang. Um, and so that's been bringing me a lot of joy. And actually, so I can't remember if I said this already, but, um, Mari and her husband drew and Ada came over last night and we just like cooked food and hung out and it just was so good and so fun. And, like, didn't feel like a big production. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. And, like, I hope Carl doesn't mind me sharing this, but one of the the hors d'oeuvres that was offered to my two-and-a-half-year-old, but still, it was yeah. on – it was there. It was on the menu. Was string cheese. And, like, string cheese I don't think would be qualified as, like, a fancy <laughs> food or, like, maybe it's not in, like, the Joanna Gaines playbook for entertaining. Totally. But she was delighted. We were all delighted. Who doesn't love string cheese? Everyone loves Carl string cheese. Carl loves string cheese. Carl loves, loves string, string cheese. cheese. Carl loves string cheese. He totally does. But yeah, I think that's just the perfect example of like, you know, my kid's rolling on the ground eating string cheese. We're all having a great time. Like, otherwise, if you had waited until you had like this like fancy, I don't even know fancy enough food to give an example. <laughs> no, if you had had one of, if you waited till you had that, we wouldn't have experienced that. Ada wouldn't have made best friends with Carl last night. Totally. And we wouldn't have had that awesome community experience. Yeah. And I think that I just want to do that more, you know, like it's not fancy. Like, yeah, have some string cheese or like, you know what? We're still making dinner. It's not done yet. So let's just hang out. Or, um, Carl's parents have people over all the time and I love it. They're such a good example. So shout out to Kathy. Um, (laughs) but, uh, they do take out all the time, like for friends coming over. So, you know, we were staying with them for like a week when our, before our new house was ready. And, um, 
people came over all the time. It was like friends and family and stuff. And like one night we ordered pizza. Another night we got Chinese, like just takeout. And we just all would hang out at their house and, and it just doesn't need to be production. No, and so I love takeout. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to, out with Kathy. yeah, I know I need to, t- I'm t- trying to take a uh, um, play out of the Kathy Wilson playbook <laughs> and just have people over more often. So that's bringing me joy. Well, I've definitely benefited from that. So I'm glad you've been obedient in that. I love that. Um, last question. Who is a woman that's really inspiring you right now? I love this question. I love that too. It's um, me, I know, so you don't have to answer. It's totally Mari. <laughs> um, it is Mari. And also, um, <laughs> it's, uh, I think that, gosh, and there really, there are so many women that I could pick from. Um, but I think that one of them right now is Jen Hatmaker. Mm. I'm just Amos. stinking loving her. Hey, um, we love you. She's hilarious and so much fun and such a good girlfriend and loves God so much and so well and in such an authentic way. It's just such a breath of fresh air to just just chat about him like in real life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so her book uh, of Mess and Moxie just came out and I cannot stop reading parts out loud to Carl. Like I'm like dying laughing. Um, I, I just cannot stop laughing. She's so great. And I just... I love people that talk about God like he's a real, like, I, I don't know if you can say like a real person because God's God. He's not like, yeah. a, you know, but just like without the these and the thous and the fancy language, somehow we think we're supposed to have when we talk about God or our mm-hmm. lives or something, just like, let's just be real. And she's so real. And it's just so refreshing to me. I feel like my favorite thing about Jen is, in, I feel like she's always joking about like, I'm so old, like I'm in my 40s now. My favorite thing is like looking at her and being like, can't wait to be 40 and rock it like Jen or however old you are, Jen. Same. I know. I know. Sorry for like she's it, listening, I, Jen. Yeah. I know you're listening. I know, I know you're listening. Sorry uh-huh. we offended you. Yeah, if we are, then we, But that we'll is my friends. favorite thing is just like, can't wait to get to that age and crush it. Like totally. there's so many people I feel like that are at like a little bit of an older stage where you're like, oh, but like, I feel like I'm awesome now. And like, does, is that what that means when you get to that age? But yeah. Like, like I she's like, so inspiring to me that I'm like, proof that, you know. It only gets better. It only gets better. It only gets better. I love having women in different stages ahead of us, whether it's like two years or five Mm -hmm. years or 10 years or 20 years or however Mm -hmm. many years that are just showing you how to do life and you can do it differently. And um, I tell you this all the time, Mari, but like, I think we're about the same age. You might have me by like a couple months or something. Um, But you are a mom and I'm not. And (laughs) you like are such a great example to me of just what being a mom can look like and how much oh, fun it can be. And such stuff. a nice compliment. So really, it's yeah. Let's say Jen and Mari. Um, I feel like <laughs> in the same way, like you guys are both just showing us like an example of what life can look like and how fun it can be and how good it can be. And so oh, it is so fun. Oh, thanks. That makes me thoroughly good. Well, so you guys, I think that's it. That's all we have for you today. And I'm so excited we got to talk about this. I hope that it was helpful. Um, Mari, thank you so much for being here. Steph, thanks for being on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here, Steph. Oh, you're welcome. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We're so glad you've been here. Friends, thank you so much for joining us for Girls Night. I love having you here. If you enjoyed the episode, it would mean so much to me if you would do two quick things. So the first is to subscribe. Now, subscribing doesn't mean you get an email or anything like that. It just means that the next time there's a new episode, your iPhone will automatically download it to your podcast app. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to remember when it's coming out and you'll never miss a beat. So go ahead and subscribe. We would love it. The second thing we would just love it if you do is to take a second and write a rating and a review. Ratings and reviews are how new people find the podcast. That's how iTunes does it. And we want this girls' night to be open to everyone. And so go subscribe and leave a rating and review. It would help us out so much, and it would mean so much to me. 
Also, make sure you keep an eye out for our episode next week. I know I said that we were going to be hearing from my best friend, Michelle, on how to survive a breakup, but actually, we had a slight change of plans. Michelle's going to be later on in the season, and you are going to love her. She's hilarious. Um, But this next week, we have a guest who I know you're going to love as well. We're going to be hearing from my sweet friend, Robin, who's a Pilates instructor over at The Balanced Life. You guys, I am such a fan of Robin's. I just geeked out like crazy when I got to chat with her. Um, But I asked her to be on the podcast because of a conversation I've had with a ton of my girlfriends and a ton of my readers and listeners lately. So many of us have come to this place in life where we're just not in the shape we want to be in, where we're not as healthy as we want to be. For some of us, it's because we just had a baby or just got married or just went through a major life transition or because we just stopped paying attention to what we were eating and how much we were working out. But so many of us have found ourselves in this place where we're like, you know, I'm not healthy and I'm not in the shape I want to be in and I have no idea how to get to where I want to be. I know I totally found myself in that place a few years back and Robin was instrumental in the process of me getting healthy again. And so I cannot wait for you to hear from her. She has some amazing tips and insights, um, practical ways to make health and fitness a part of our lives that are like actually doable, um, and to help us really feel confident and comfortable and beautiful and healthy in our own skin. I cannot wait for you to meet her. So thank you so much for listening, friends, for joining us for Girls Night, and I cannot wait to see you back here next week.